You are listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hey guys, today I'm here with Grace Kingswell. She's a nutritional therapist and lifestyle medicine advocate based in London. How are you doing today, Grace? I'm good, thanks, Mimi. I'm so excited to have you on. We're sitting in my living room in Notting Hill right now. It's 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. It's boiling outside. It's so hot. How muggy is it? Oh my God. It's so muggy. Whatever. Anyway, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so, so excited for this conversation. We were just chatting before we started recording and I was like, no, we need to put this all on recording because it was so good we were just talking about like our dieting history and how intense we both are with like food and stuff like do you want to maybe give a little bit just to start off like a backstory of your relationship to food and your body and how you got to kind of where you are in your career sure so I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot on social and girls are mainly talking about how they had a bad relationship with food in the past, um, you know, from like a under eating point of view. And now they're like super healthy and happy. Well, I can't say that I've ever had a bad relationship with food. I've, I love food and I will, I don't have a problem with eating. Like I'm obsessed with eating and flavors and everything. My relationship with food has been more from a medicine point of view. Cause I was very, very sick. Um, well, kind of all my life to be honest, but it's been most focused dietary wise in the last few years. Um, I've always been into healthy eating. Thankfully, my mum is like a super chef. She's so into like alternative medicine and using food as medicine. So I really grew up with like, you know, organic is best in my head and like eat loads of veg and all that stuff. And, you know, we didn't have like unhealthy snacks and stuff in the house. It was all homemade, everything. Um, So I was always so interested in food as, you know, something that can help cure us. And then, but I was always very frustrated growing up because I ate so well and I was so healthy, quote unquote, um, but I was still like way behind my friends at school in terms of like my energy levels, um, my desire to like go out and do things. And I just couldn't keep up. I always felt like I had terrible digestion, like not bloating but like really just uncomfortable and I just knew when you just you know when you just know something's not right I remember mm-hmm. you saying on your podcast about all of the gut stuff you were like I oh just felt that something wasn't there was right something off, yeah and I just I just remember feeling angry a lot I was like this is not it's not fair like I'm so healthy but my friends go out and eat a McDonald's and like drink until 3am and, and they're, they're fine, fine. Yeah. and I literally if I go out I'm like ill for two weeks. I get like a cold and I'm tired and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of how I grew up. But I always felt like it had to be related to my diet. I was like, it must be something I'm eating. It must be something I'm eating. And that did lead me to be quite restrictive. So, you know, I've been gluten-free. I've been dairy-free. I've been everything-free. And then when I got SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth, I really had to look at my diet then because obviously there were certain foods 
that just weren't working for me and were making my symptoms worse. And I was working with a functional medicine doctor and she, my SIBO was so bad when we discovered it that she was like, right, this is the list of foods that you can eat until it's like gone whilst giving me kind of an antimicrobial to kind of kill off the bad Tell was, me it, was it berberine and grapefruit seed extract? No. Okay, because I, I was on that when I had SIBO last yeah. year. Oh, you had SIBO? Yeah. Like, I didn't call it SIBO, but it was yeah. like I had an overgrowth of candida. Okay, so that might not be SIBO. In oh, the it's sense not? That SIBO's but specifically some other intestine. Okay, because she also, my nutritionist that I used, um, she also told me that there were other bugs as well she yeah. gave me this full report but anyway it, it, um, it, it definitely could have been so what, wait what were the 10 foods i'm so curious so it was uh so it was low fodmap for one yes and i think i stayed on low fodmap for about a year which is much longer than you should because you're really only supposed to be low fodmap for a few weeks and then you've got to start reintroducing the foods because all the ones you're cutting out are so beneficial for you health-wise but i stayed on that for like a year and um, it was a combination of the low FODMAP diet, the GAPS protocol, which is um, basically a lot of bone broths, kind of paleo, essentially. Um, like, so there was no grains involved in my diet and the blood type diet, which mm. is something that an orthodox nutritionist or doctor would say, this is a load of shit, but it um, really works for a lot of people. And I think, Did it work for you? Well, the combination of the three worked because I kicked the SIBO within three months. But I was Why did you stay on it then? Because you were scared to get it again? Because I still... The SIBO had gone, but my I couldn't tolerate certain foods. Like, I tried eating beans. Oh, my God. I what happened? So much pain. <sighs> like, I, I have a real propensity to get trapped wind, and the pain from it is, like, oh, yeah. insane. Like, I've been to hospital once thinking I had an and appendicitis, yeah. and they were like, you just have really bad trapped wind. I was like, well, this is embarrassing. Um, So it was like, I could eat pumpkin, I could eat... Uh, courgette, eggs, you know, all the like proteins, eggs, fish, meat, um, although some of them I couldn't, but basically it was like a lot of pumpkin and carrots and I started making everything from pumpkin because I was really craving carbohydrates because I wasn't really, couldn't really eat grains or cereals. So I was making pancakes with peanut butter, pureed roasted pumpkin, ginger and cinnamon and eggs and like that was it and eating it all the time. And you'll find this funny, but my skin actually turned yellow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I oh had my God. so much beta carotene. They thought I had jaundice. I was like bright yellow. Insane. Um, Insane. How long did it take eating that way to, to turn yellow? Oh, I, I was working in the Caribbean at the time and I was there for maybe like a month, month and a half. Didn't take that long. <laughs> Wild. A lot of pumpkin. Um, so yeah, so that kind of kickstarted my healing journey, I guess. And the SIBO was just pretty much the the beginning of like a long period of one thing cropping up after another I think when you try and heal naturally it's it's a very bumpy road and once you've kind of seen the back of one particular problem it's very easy for like another one to crop up because it's kind of like you're solving everything in sync um so for me the first thing was like gut health and SIBO and that I, it's very hard. It's very easy, sorry, to get SIBO again. So I got it like four times. And How did, did you know? What are some of the, like the indicators? Well, for me, I think it's different for different people. Like I've never been someone that gets particularly bloated. Like I know sometimes you see people's pictures and it's like they're six months pregnant. Yeah. That was never an issue for me, but it was more like, I cannot describe how tired I was. Basically my whole life, to be honest, I think I had SIBO for a very long time, although it was 
I was on antibiotics, so stupid for my skin when oh, I was at school. and that killed all your good gut bacteria. Yeah, actually it wasn't when I was at school. I, I had just met my husband and yeah, I was like, I don't want spots. This is, this sucks. And my skin wasn't even that bad. That's why I kick myself now. And I think it's really bad actually, but the GP let me, because I just kept ringing up for repeat prescriptions and I did that for a year. And this is limacycline, which is a broad spectrum antibiotic, which means it kills everything. It's not specific to one type of bacteria. So I literally obliterated my gut flora in the space of a year. And that's when everything got really, really bad. Um, so yeah, intolerances to foods, terrible. I mean, I've had eczema since I was a baby, but it, it got really, really bad. Like chronic f- fatigue issues. Um, I had something called KPU, which is like a something to do with like zinc and B, B vitamins. And then I got this like crazy histamine intolerance again, just because like my gut wasn't right. And I, my eye was swelling up and my skin was like red and rashy. And like, it was just a really, really hard time. And just at the time didn't know what it was. Well, when I got all of that swelling and inflammation, like really badly, I, I was I was kind of, I already knew what was going on and I'd kind of kicked the SIBO, but it was like these other things were just cropping up. Yeah. And it was all centered around my liver because obviously when you take antibiotics, you're screwing over your liver Mm. really hardcore. And it takes a long time to, this quite really pisses me off when, sorry, I'm like ranting. Please. You know, when people are like, um, this whole like detoxing thing is rubbish because all you need to detox is liver and some kidneys. Bullshit. Bullshit. You need to support those functions. Like if you've got something wrong and your liver's struggling, then it's not just going to do its job without any extra help. Mm. You need to make sure you're living a toxin-free lifestyle. You need to make sure you're not stressed. You need to have nutrients in your diet that specifically support your liver pathways. Um, and that's kind of, a, I learned all that along the way. And yeah, I'm kind of fine now. It's amazing. Mm. By the way, guys, sorry for the noise. They're doing construction in my stairway. But I hope that this post-editing app that I have to like fix the audio takes some of it out. That's really annoying. Anyway, I that's insane. So how long ago did you kind of heal yourself? Like how how long did it take in a matter of time? And then how long ago was all of this? This has been pretty recent. So I'd say that I've lived like a nor- quote unquote normal lifestyle for just under a probably under a year now. Wow. And then how long were you struggling with like healing yourself? My whole life. Like literally my whole life. When I was 17, I had a lump on an ovary, which like, and I had an yeah. operation for that. And then four years later, I had an infection in my fallopian tubes and they were removed. And then all this stuff with my gut came up. It's just been like... Do you think it's just all related to one thing? Like it just diet or is know, it lifestyle as well? It's, it's massively lifestyle. Like I am definitely the less so now, but I've always been like quite stressed as a person my mum's the same we just worry about things um and that definitely all plays a part I've found the biggest leap forward I made in this healing journey is when I started to believe that I could heal it's actually something my Chinese doctor said to me he was like you have to start believing that your body can do this and then it will oh my god I love that I know and it really stuck with me and it's something I say to all my patients now it's like if you don't think you can get through this journey, you just won't because it's yeah. it's a mental, being that ill is such a mental battle because every day you wake up and you feel like crap, but you still have to go about your life. You still have to think, no, it's fine. I can do this. I'm going to focus yeah. on this and that and, you know, get outdoors and boost my mental health and all these things. 
which is why I'm so passionate about lifestyle medicine as well as just nutritional medicine because mm. it's a huge I mean I'm sure you've found the same in your own journey like it's it's all lifestyle it's all in mental it's just you've got to be strong mentally it's actually crazy like the weeks that I'm meditating consistently and I'm eating really well and I'm being nice to myself my skin is clear yeah I feel I don't feel bloated because I do struggle with bloating like I can't really have gluten I can have some types but not I can't have most gluten um without bloating like crazy mm-hmm. and looking like I'm pregnant that's just my thing yeah and I also get really puffy like my face will get really puffy and all that jazz but when I'm mentally happy and meditating a lot doing my morning routine waking up early doing everything that I know really works for my mental health yeah. I actually don't get all of those physical symptoms yeah it's so weird but that's just the mind-body connection hugely and it's people like don't when, know about it enough the no, mind-body connection it's like when you're on on holiday like we were in my husband's Australian so we go back to visit his family for like three four weeks at a time um in January it's great we escaped the winter mm. but when we were there like I'm usually really strict with my diet but I'm not the kind of person that can deny myself something if I really love it like I was saying I'm a huge foodie so when we're in Australia like I don't drink alcohol mainly because it's a very high histamine food and I've had problems with that in the past but I was having rosé and like you know how the Australians do platters really well so Mm. like cheese and fruits and Mm. crackers and like chutney and I was just going to town with all these foods and nothing (gasps) nothing affects me and I came back because of your mindset with it it wasn't like oh I'm just gonna binge it was like oh I'm having a good time because I was so relaxed and it's like it really shows you and I I went back to see my Chinese doctor and I was like you know I was like literally doing all the things I'm not supposed to do in Australia and he was like now you understand the power of being happy and he's always saying like if anyone's listening that's like wants to explore Chinese traditional Chinese medicine I really recommend it because it's it's physical but it's also mental and he's like now you understand the power of being balanced all the time and he doesn't mean balance in this sense of you know this millennial concept we have of balance where you can eat a deliciously ella energy ball with like loads of dates in one day and then have like a really healthy lean day the next it's being balanced in terms of your mental state so how do you find that level playing field where things don't affect you stresses don't affect you work doesn't affect you you're just level in everything and he's like now you really understand the power of that because when your body's in that state it can combat those foods Mm. your liver will process that alcohol but when you're thinking negatively about it it just won't Mm. and it's really very simple as that but I know that's a concept that would be kind of frowned on in orthodox medicine Mm. right because Mm -hmm. they don't they don't think that there's a real connection there yet between mind and body which is really sad all right, guys, we just had to pause that for 10 minutes to uh, wait for the stare people to stop drilling. <laughs> so we're back with no background noise. I'm really sorry again about that. But anyway, so we were talking about your gut issues, your health issues, healing yourself. Mm-hmm. That's incredible how you've done that, though. And are there any tips that you have for anyone listening right now that can like that are thinking that maybe I have an issue. I'm mm. tired all the time. I'm not emotionally as stable as I want to be. I have tummy issues after I eat. I feel not that energized after I eat. Like what kind of tips do you have for yeah. people listening that are, you know, suspects, but they yeah. don't really know? Well, the first thing I would say is definitely seek professional help. Um, there's 
you can learn so much from social media and so much from like people online. But if you really feel like you have something going going on, go and see someone. Um, Functional I, medicine or a regular doctor? Uh, I would. I'm. I feel like I'm always giving regular medicine a bad rap. I, I'm not because it probably saved my life when I had like the infection on my ovary and then needing to have my tubes removed and all that stuff. But in terms of things like we're talking about, like chronic conditions, like bad gut health or like psoriasis or eczema or like low libido or feeling like your hormones are out of whack, that someone that can give you a much more integrated approach is usually the way to go. So whether that's someone like me, like a nutritional therapist or a functional medicine practitioner is really, really good. And then the next thing I would say is tune into your body, you know, like think about what works for you, not just in terms of diet and what you're eating, but also in terms of lifestyle. Like I see one, one patient at the moment who she's just doing everything right. And she is making headway, but she has such a stressful job and she kind of knows it's holding her journey back. And she doesn't know she's at the point where she's like, I'm not really sure which way to go. Do I forego the job that I love for my health? Or do I kind of figure out a way to make it work for me? And I think you can make, anything work for you it's just about being mindful doing those daily practices that keep you grounded and keep you level and also not caring about what other people are doing around you like I really don't care what people think about me like I will be that girl bringing her Tupperware of strange foods because I know that that works for me and I'm not the kind of person that's influenced by what I see people eating on social media like for me for example there's so much out there that I wouldn't deem like healthy like people saying like yes you can eat chocolate cake every day well bullshit to that like if you're really ill no you can't and people need to realize that that you have to take responsibility for your own healing and at some point you know you you need to reach that point where you're like fully serious about it because that's when the change will happen Mm. so that's yeah mindset it's my top tip and finding someone that can really help you on that journey and staying informed you know Totally. Mm. I totally, totally agree. And I feel like so many of us have gut issues that we just don't know about. Mm. I feel like now I've just started, you know, a new gut issue the past few months since healing myself from my candida overgrowth. Like I feel like there's still a little bit, there's something kind of wrong. When I do my body reset plan kind of way of living, I feel way better. Mm. But I think, yeah, I, I definitely think processed foods f it up for me yeah like I definitely think even if it's healthy even if it's like gluten-free wraps or like um you know pre-made vegan like protein bars like yeah. the more processed stuff I eat the worse I actually feel yeah. um so when I'm eating just a diet that I know works for me and, and I have this lifestyle that I really know works for me like I said before, improvements in every area of my life, even like the rosacea on my arms goes down mm. and it's just from like how you're treating yourself. Yeah. Um, but I actually wanted to ask you about something cause I have a love hate relationship with caffeine. I'm obsessed with my bulletproof coffee in the morning. I have like bulletproof coffee with like half a tablespoon of coconut oil, a teaspoon of MCT oil blended up with cinnamon and I love it. And Yum. it's amazing. But I'm very reliant on it now Mm. and I'm feeling like I'm tired after the coffee still. Mm. And I think my adrenals are a bit effed up. Like, and I know a lot of people listening right now can probably relate. We're all big coffee drinkers. What would you 
give, like, what kind of advice would you give for, for this kind of scenario? So I think coffee is a really interesting one because when you look at the data and the research, there's a lot of benefit that we can gain from coffee, you know, increased mental clarity um, and antioxidants antioxidants and all this stuff. And, you know, it's not actually quote unquote bad for us. However, if you are, if your body is dealing with underlying inflammation, like you, for example, with your rosacea, your gut stuff, um, same with me, like my body needs a little extra help, let's say. The help generally tends to come from your adrenal glands. So they they pick up the extra slack. So when other things aren't quite working, like for example, if you have compromised gut health and maybe you're not absorbing enough nutrients from the food you're eating because you've got that imbalance of gut bacteria, then when you need that extra spurt of energy, it's coming from your adrenal glands. So then what happens when we're on this roller coaster of one blood sugar throughout the day, two stress and three caffeine, is that those adrenal glands get really, really tired. And that's when you can notice yourself feeling sluggish and fatigued. And to be honest, we don't need caffeine. Like, you just don't need it. It's The trouble is, it's so nice. And I'm the same. Like, I love the taste of coffee. I was hiking with my parents in New Zealand a couple of years ago, just after my wedding. So funny. I went on my honeymoon with my mum and dad. And oh, like, my God. Nick stayed at home. Um, and we were doing this trek and we had to carry all of our own food and stuff for about four or five days. So obviously we didn't take coffee or tea. And I had, before this, I was living in Sydney and like, I don't know if you've been to Australia, but the coffee there is so good. Yeah. And I was definitely having at least two, probably three coffees a day. And I was at my, one of my lowest points in terms of my health. So I felt like I was really reliant on that caffeine to get through the day. Mm. I had the most insane headaches from caffeine withdrawal. Like I felt really, really sick, like terrible, terrible migraines. And that lasted for a few days. But then after that, I just, I had so much energy, so much more energy. It only took you a few days? It only took me a few days. I can't even begin to describe how much better I felt. I have since slipped back into having caffeine. Like I will put my hands up and say I'm not perfect and at the moment I am going through a phase where I am drinking one coffee in the morning and like sometimes I have a cup of tea, but I know that if I want to feel more energetic, I've just got to cut it out. And then you feel worse for like four days and then you feel way better. Yeah. Depending on how much you normally drink. Like I think I had such intense headaches because I was, I was actually having quite a lot of caffeine. I don't have that much um, at the moment. So I would hope if I went cold turkey, I wouldn't like get terrible headaches, but it's definitely worth cutting it out if you're someone that thinks that you are tired a lot of the time and you perhaps are reliant on coffee or even if you don't feel like you're reliant on it just try giving it up so I've gone through a phase or a few phases of giving it up for a few weeks and then being like okay I'm resetting this kind of addiction and then I'm going to integrate it back in at like Mm -hmm. smaller dosage and because now I'm only having one in the morning but it's a big one it's like a really large Americano with the bulletproof right Mm -hmm. so I have that and then like really maybe two times a week I'll have another one in the afternoon but I just love the tradition the ritual the ritual that's the word the ritual of waking up having my coffee doing my morning routine at the same time like I just love that is Mm -hmm. there anything that you would suggest to like replace it with if I was going to do like a two-week detox um so the first thing I'd say is like if you wanted to just detox maybe switch to green tea to start with because it still has that 
kind of bitterness that we crave from coffee and less caffeine. But then after that, something like... Um, Matcha? Or is that just as much caffeine? Just as much. It's just as much. But I mean, there are a lot of antioxidants in matcha, so it's kind of a trade-off. But I would suggest actually um, something like chicory. Um, Mm. I don't know if you've tried. Something like caro cup is really good. It has that earthiness and that thickness and that sweetness that you get from coffee. It doesn't quite hit the spot in the same way. Um, I actually find one of the best things for me is to actually just start my day with a lot of water mm-hmm. and I, then I kind of feel like so virtuous and so good on the inside that I don't really want the coffee mm. and another thing that I'd say is to people is try not having it first thing so for you for example like can you get through your morning routine without your coffee and then once you finish your, your morning routine reassess do you need it do you want it I think the thing is it becomes part of your routine when you first get up but actually you want your body to wake you up you want your natural cortisol levels which are more elevated in the morning to wake you up not Mm. caffeine so if you want to have a coffee give it a couple of hours and then see how you feel and I think a lot of times you'll actually think I don't need it or I don't want it yeah Mm. oh you're so right I think I'm going to do a bit of a cleanse because also from what I've noticed in the past when I've done a coffee cleanse and then I reintroduce it back into my diet it makes me feel different Mm. it's like a cleaner caffeine kick now it's like you know, oh, I'm having my coffee, but I'm still kind of tired after. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And yes, that's, and that's the downward spiral because then you want more. And then, then you, you want more. The next one, and, and I've always said like max two a day, but usually just one a day. Mm-hmm. So now I can feel my body be like kind of going into that cycle of like, oh, I kind of want like three a day now, but I'm like, nope, I'm not letting that happen. So. Yeah. It's gonna be tough, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna cut it out for a few weeks at least, and then maybe have you know, right before my event in two weeks, I'll have a coffee yes. and I'll be really energized. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I'm glad about that. Um, so before we started recording, we were talking about like dieting and like, you know, all this yo-yo dieting around and like just crazy, unsustainable diets. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because I feel like I've had such a past of crazy dieting and trying to get those quick fixes and all that jazz. And I've come up with a plan that really, really works that is really less focused on like being super intense with food Mm. and more focused on your mentality towards food. And I think that has given me the most longevity I've ever experienced with weight loss. I've lost like 15 pounds literally in the past like five months. And I've integrate and this is when I started reintroducing carbs after being keto all of last year mm. it's crazy it's just like being in tune with your body so I think you have a lot to say about this because we were talking about it yeah. before and I love um you know that discussion we had so maybe do you want to kind of share your thoughts on that yeah I think what's really interesting is that we have this culture of um reward action and reward surrounding food so you do something good during the day you give yourself a reward a piece of cake you know, you have a really great workout. So like you're allowed that bliss ball in the afternoon. We're taught this from such a young age when we're children. It's like, in my cases, if you do your piano practice, Grace, you can have a treat. Same. Or if you do well in your exams and you know, you mm-hmm. can do this. And that is so ingrained into all of us. Yeah. Um, I was just saying to you that I was on holiday last week and my God, like I went for it because in my head I was like, I'm on holiday. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. treat myself to that. The first thing to understand with wanting to lose weight or dieting is that 
you, it has to be sustainable and it has to be something that works for you long term. Mm-hmm. And it also has to not be restrictive in the sense of like cutting out entire food groups where from my point of view as a nutritional therapist, you're going to be missing serious nutrients. Um, you know, we demonize carbohydrates, but good actually, carbs are great. Yeah. And actually for a lot of people that don't perhaps know as much about nutrition, that bread or that pasta or whatever they're having each day is a really good source of like B vitamins and folate and whatever. Can, can we clarify? It's not like the processed carbs that people can get from the supermarket. This, you're talking like lentil pasta, yeah, sweet potatoes. At the same time, if I, I don't think any of your listeners would be, but if someone is like really not clued up on nutrition and they have a really bad diet, then actually like a lot of those products are fortified with essential minerals that they might not be getting in their diet. So it's Wait, really, what do you mean? Well, like, for example, when you buy bread from the supermarket, they they add in, like, um, folate and B vitamins and all that stuff because they want to make it, like, a more nutritionally round product. So, so actually, you, you want to, like, you, you're saying basically people can eat, like, the white flour I'm just saying... Stuff? No, I'm, I'm just saying that it's a, it's a real spectrum. Yeah. Like, we can't just assume that everyone is on a base level of like good nutrition and that actually for some people um if they don't have a good diet and then they were to cut out huge food groups like their bread or whatever then they might be missing nutrients that they're not getting elsewhere whereas for someone like you that eats like a rainbow of vegetables and really looks after her health you know it's it's very different so it's not basically what i'm saying is like it's not black and white diets Mm. aren't black and white it's not as simple as calories in versus calories out because as we know our gut bacteria metabolize our foods for us differently um they there's research now showing that our gut bacteria basically changes how we put on and lose weight oh yeah it's crazy so it's like fecal transplants and everything going on yeah it's it's mental so it's really like like you were saying, it has to be sustainable for you. You have to find a method of eating that firstly makes you feel happy or you yeah. won't stick to it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, yeah, that you're not missing any beneficial nutrients. I think that all these like crazy fad diets and stuff, it's, I think as humans, we always want to try something extreme to get results really quickly. But we just have to understand that a good diet is the best way to lose weight combined with exercise, a good mental and health. And intuitive eating. Yeah. yeah. All about intuitive eating. Like I, in my body reset plan that I came out with, like it's, it's, it talks a lot about mindset mm. and it says, I'm like, I don't, you know, I've had people ask like, maybe like you're not giving exact measurements on the meal ideas. Like what, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I make this? How to make that? I'm like, guys, like it's different for everyone. The reason I'm not giving you like specific exact measurements and like an exact meal plan, the reason I'm letting you like pick whatever you want for each meal throughout like the categories is because like it's everyone's different. It depends on your body, what you're craving and how much you really feel like you need intuitive eating. Don't eat until you're super duper full and uncomfortable. That is not intuitive eating. You're if you're in pain after a meal, that's not intuitive eating. That's emotional eating and yeah. that's a habit, you know? Yeah, it's going back to this idea of like being balanced all the time and and realizing that food shouldn't be a reward or exactly. something that we pin our emotional state on. It should just be a source of fuel. A source of fuel and but enjoyment as well. For sure. But in a very like just not getting hung up about it way. That's the, that's just so important. Just to being like relaxed 
around yeah. food. But I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what you said before about like, um, eating, you know, the processed carbs and stuff. If you mm. want, I'm going to disagree with that just because when I eat processed carbs or processed food full of sugar and yeah. not good ingredients, we all know isn't good. I feel like I get incredible brain fog. I crave bad food more. Mm. I'm more depressed. I actually get depressed if I eat processed food and for days and I feel bloated and in pain. And I don't personally think that it's a requirement for people to eat them. But if they're eating, like you said before, if they're, if they're implementing or bringing in a ton of different veggies the whole mm. rainbow into their diets like I just don't think people need yeah. it and I think no I, I am completely aligned with that yeah. and I would never recommend someone eat white bread but I think the point I was trying to get across is that say for example you're someone that doesn't know anything about nutrition mm-hmm. and you basically eat processed food all day and you don't have any vegetables then the fact that maybe your white bread is fortified with some beneficial nutrients like that can actually go a long way to your health. Oh, like, yeah. But like, for some yeah, people... They that, need to integrate, like, the veggies, though. Absolutely. Know? Like, I read a, um, something the other day that was saying, I can't remember for what percentage of the population, but their source of vegetables is a can of baked beans, a sugary can of baked beans. And, I mean, that's, like... I think it's it's really easy for you and I to sit here and talk about nutrition from our privileged point of view, when we know so much about it, and then there's people that actually their vegetables is baked beans and it's it's there's a huge disparity there and it's like very shocking and it's very sad at the same time yeah but yeah just going back to what you said we need education on Mm. it we need to make it like it is a global movement now though health yeah the past 10 years it's been this huge thing you know maybe 10 years ago 15 years ago it was just being skinny was this big thing Mm. and not eating a lot that whole kind of like like however you could get there was fine right exactly but now it's like the health movement is growing and growing because people are realizing it's like a cure to a lot of issues. Mm. And, you know, it, it's one of the biggest killers in the world, obesity yeah. related issues. And it's not just to look good. It's to feel good, to have great mental health, right? Like yeah. when I'm eating the way that I, I know works for me, I'm mentally amazing amazing and I've gone through spurts of not being mentally amazing so Mm -hmm. I know that really works for me but I honestly think that the people listening to this podcast are nutritionally kind of aware and savvy exactly so um I wouldn't recommend like I I honestly think that eating closest to the earth and the least processed as possible really really works and yeah no yeah don't think that you're gonna drop like 15 pounds in two weeks by doing this certain diet this that it's all about intuitive eating and yes I know this is kind of counterintuitive to say because I just came out with a 21 day body reset plan but that isn't a quick fix plan and I talk about that in the plan it's an intuitive way of eating I give meal ideas to people that don't really know exactly kind of what to eat they don't know where to start and they want some sort of structure Mm. but again I'm not giving you a meal plan that you need to eat a b and c on day one like I'm literally just being like listen like this is what really works and Mm. it is kind of like a more holistic approach if you're craving more carbs yeah eat more carbs try it and see what you think and then make your decision exactly I'm giving a lot of leeway there for all these different types of people but for weight loss specifically like I really just think that focusing on real food works and that's simply it like don't and that works for health as well like yeah it's it's the fundamental thing that we have to get back to as humans that 
your food should be recognizable as food Mm. and you know focusing on organic food and all of that like it has a huge place in our health because the health of our soil is the health of our bodies right Mm. so like we have yeah I'm I'm so aligned with you on that eat real food make it nutritious you know cut out the crap and you can't really go wrong also like while you're eating I'm really trying to work on like not looking at a screen not watching tv yeah not like distracting myself while I eat because mindless eating is not intuitive eating and it's easy to overeat when you're watching tv isn't it because it's just like fork into the mouth like back and forth exactly so it's honestly like I I feel like people, and this is what happened to me, the more that I intuitive ate, the more weight I dropped because Mm. my body was not happy with an extra 10 pounds on it. Like it wasn't. And it's not, I don't think being over fat is a healthy thing. Like we're not, I think as human beings, we should not be over fat from a health standpoint. Just so many other issues kind of come from that. Um, Every body type is different and everyone should be kind of you know, they have their own body fat ideal, but I think just letting your body go to that size it wants to be is really important. And when I started intuitive eating, my body went to that size that I was supposed to be without even trying almost. It's for, and for women, it's crucial for your hormones that your body has, that it is how it needs, needs and wants to be. Um, and you know, being too skinny as we know is like detrimental for a woman it's just as bad as being over fat exactly for sure like you need to make sure you're eating good fats for your hormones to be right yeah um and yeah being like underweight in in that sense is like really really terrible but being overweight same thing same thing just about finding that happy medium Yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's it's so true and just also, we were talking about intermittent fasting mm. before recording, and you're fasting right now, and so am I. It's, you know, almost 10 a.m., and yeah, uh, yeah it, we're listening to our bodies. If I was really hungry right now, mm. I'd get something to eat. Yeah, it's I mean, like, to put it into perspective, like, it sounds like I'm a saint. I'm definitely not. Yesterday, I my husband and I shared pizza, and I actually had half a pint of beer, And, you know, I'm so happy that I've got to a place in my healing journey where I can do that and actually not wake up the next day with, like, a swollen eye or, like, chronic fatigue. But I will, at the same time, always come back to what I know is good for me. And for me, that's, like, a protein-rich breakfast, so many vegetables, um, relatively grain-free um, and yeah, I, I, I'm not hungry yet this morning because I ate all that food yesterday. So I'm not going to eat yet. Intuitive eating. Yeah, exactly. And some days I do wake up and for some reason I'm hungry and then I eat and I'll, or I'll have, yeah. or I'll put a scoop of like collagen protein in my bulletproof coffee just to kind of like give me more of a boost. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think it just all goes back to listening to yourself. Like, yes, there are guidelines that you can follow from a health standpoint if you don't know that much about health and food and nutrition Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day eat real food like I stay away from grains I don't think it's good for my gut I've read a lot about why grains are not essential in the human diet Um, but if that works for you and you feel great and you feel energized and you feel happy doing that have that you know and it's funny because like I was telling you before like I was really intense low carb last year I was like keto really intense training five days a week, like Mm. literally weightlifting, like doing so much intense adrenal 
yeah. sucking activity. And you probably felt tired, right? Exhausted. More yeah. than I am now. Like now I'm like a little bit of a phase. Like we were talking about the caffeine before. Like I'm a little bit more mm-hmm. tired than I used to or, or than, I, than I'm used to. So I'm going to do a bit of a caffeine cleanse. But before last year, I was literally constantly exhausted, yeah. starving all day because of the training that I was doing every morning. And I was eating so much food even if it was healthy fats, I was eating so much food because that was my form of like release because I was so strict with the low carb, mm. right? So I was like, oh, it's fine. It's keto. So I can eat this entire huge thing and feel stuffed. Yeah. And that's just, it was so not healthy. And the second that I was like, you know what? This was about five months ago. I was like, you know what? F this. I don't, I'm so like, I don't want to be so obsessed with food and diet mm, and weight loss. Like not good, yeah. I used to be obsessed. It was my like main thought process, you know, like it was just food, 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 diet, diet, diet. And I would put so much time and effort into losing weight and I wasn't even losing it. It was the craziest thing. Maybe I lost a little bit, but barely. It was not like, it just, I was like, yeah, I just, it's not easy for me to lose weight. Five months ago, I was like, I'm going to give myself a freaking break. Mm. I generally eat really healthy. So I still, like, I went through a phase of, like, yeah, like, I'll have a bite of this, bite of that, whatever. But, and I still do that if I feel like it. But I was, like, okay, I'm going to start incorporating more healthy carbs. Like, I'm going to have some sweet potato if I want. I'm going to have some black bean pasta if I want. I'm going to, whatever, have some more smoothies. I cut out smoothies for ages because I was, like, oh, no, like, I don't want to, like, smoothies are carby, you know. But I integrated good carbs into my diet, started intuitive eating. This is the biggest thing. Carb thing, whatever. Intuitive eating. I would not overeat. Mm. This is the biggest thing. I used to overeat so much, even if it was quote healthy food, I would overeat it. And now I was like, no, Mimi, because this is an emotional escape. If I'm overeating, it's emotional because physically it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. Mm. So I was like, you know, really doing a lot of reflecting on myself, my habits. I was doing a lot of journaling about it. I really just like dived deep and I was like, what, why do I feel the need to overeat? Mm. And and you yeah. feel validated because of the the media message and the marketing surrounding these healthy foods is that they are healthy so you can eat as much of them as you want, but it's just not the case. Like it, it's yeah. just not the case. And like, like you were saying, if there's one thing you can say to anyone out there, that's like a universal message, it's eat more vegetables, you know, eat those, eat, go for those good foods that you know, make you feel good and forego the ones which are like healthy snacks, which actually are filled with sugar or whatever and just get back to like you're saying recognizing when you're hungry eating when you're hungry and eating good food Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's it doesn't have to be as complicated as we've all made it that's Mm. the problem um it, it it's different when you're on like a healing journey from something chronic like I was saying I did have that very restrictive diet for a short period of time but I have reintroduced all of those foods I can happily eat like I could not eat a chickpea a few years ago I it would put me into like serious pain and discomfort I can eat anything I want now and I always try and say to people like if you are on a restricted diet for health reasons that's great let's clear up those health re- reasons and then reintroduce stuff because you don't want to be in a situation where you're cutting everything out and then finding that you can't eat it again because you've become oversensitive to it. Like you were saying, if you want to eat carbohydrates or lentils or whatever, you will. And that's fine because you've healed your gut and it's all good. But I think it's good to be in a position where you're not having to be like, you do, yeah, basically you don't want to be eating pumpkin like I was for like no. three months and turning yellow. Also, this is the thing, like you had pizza yesterday. That was fine for your body. Yeah, it was great. Amazing. 
my boyfriend, I had a few bites of his like non bread, like non bread, the Indian bread, like three weeks ago, I had literally like that much. Mm. I, I'm like, like a palm kind of um, amount. And I felt like shit because I can't do gluten. Mm. I'm very gluten sensitive and Mm. all of my blood tests I've done, it shows that I can't do gluten. Yeah. And it messed with me for three days. And then I was, I was feeling emotional, um, side effects, like some depression. My stomach was bloated up to here. Mm. And like, I don't personally think that was because of an emotional thing. Like I, I don't think it was because of my mindset. Like my mindset eating it was like, oh, it's okay. I'm just going to be happy, relaxed, not stressed not overthinking it. Yeah. And it just still affected me. So there are certain things that I can't personally do. And I'm freaking jealous of you because I love pizza, <laughs> but there are healthy alternatives that you can, yeah. or like, you know, gluten-free alternatives. I mean, allergies are, are a real thing. And if you do have them, then of course, like don't yeah. force yourself to eat something that's going to make you feel terrible. It's my stomach rumbling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, I was gluten-free, dairy-free, everything free for so long. And now I've realized that I'm not actually allergic to anything, mm. but I still choose to eat what I, I would still choose like a load of vegetables over a piece of bread, for example, in, mm-hmm. if I wanted something to fill me up just because I, there's so much more like just all, all of those like vitamins and minerals and all of that stuff. Like it can only be good. Right. Mm, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, okay. Let's. I want to talk about. I might even make this a two-part episode. Is that okay? Yeah, do it. Okay, great. Because I haven't really even talked about my sex life. I want to talk about your sex life. This is what. Okay, guys, I'm gonna make this a part two. So go check out the next episode if you want to hear about Grace's sex life <laughs> and mine, because we're gonna talk about how our health issues affected both of our intimate lives. Oh, effect, because it's very real for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>